Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing podcast. And as I always share with you, you'll listen, you'll get a variety of ahas, insights, tips, and definitely how-tos for your author, publishing, and book marketing success. I always like to open every show and and find a quote that would be relevant to the topic we're going to be diving into today, along with my fabulous guest, C. Hope Clark. And today's topic, today's quote from Snappy Sassy Salty Success for Authors and Writers is, waiting for inspiration will be your downfall. You might as well wait for your winning number for the lottery to be called. Dive into something with your words, anything, even gibberish. See what bubbles up. And with that said, with me today is C. Hope Clark. See, um, Hope was on oh several months ago, and in fact, it was one of our top, top podcasts that we did last year, and it was all about finding grants and money and funds for authors and writers. So we'll kiss on that, certainly, today to come back with that, because she is the founder of FundsForWriters.com. It's one of Writers Digest 101 Best Websites for Writers in the past 22 years. She has a sister newsletter that reaches over 24,000 writers each Friday, and I will tell you, I'm one of the readers of the newsletter. She has published in a variety of publications, including Writers Digest, Writers Market, The Writer, um, SC Wildlife, and Writers University. She's a speaker. She has presented at hundreds of conferences, schools, libraries, and book clubs. And she also has another hat. She is an award-winning novelist, having published 16 mysteries with four more under contract, with the most popular being the the Edesto Island Mysteries. Did I say that right, Hope? (laughs) Edesto. (laughs) Edesto. It's not A or O. Yeah, it's Edisto, E-D-I-S-T-O. There you go, Edisto, Island Mysteries, and 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 she calls home South Carolina. So, website is fundsforwriters.com, as well as her personal, chopeclark.com. Welcome back to the show, Hope. Oh, glad to be back. So, we can deep dive in a variety of things. Um, on that, but you know, I, I asked you if we could kiss on this. I wanted to right away. I get questions all the time from authors in in the nesting stage that should they use their name, their own personal name, like you use the Hope Clark, or should they get a pen name? Um, and there's a different re- different reasons to do that. Could you kiss on that? What what are the pros and what are the cons? 
or are there? Uh, I, I'm using C. Hope Clark when prior to my writing, I was Cynthia Clark. Okay, mm. and so when I when I started writing, I wanted a different name. I was working while I was writing, and I wanted the two worlds not to collide. So I just went with my middle name, and I I wanted to keep it as legal as possible for banking. And um, I my bank first looked at me crazy when I went in and said, "Okay, I want to change the name on my account," <clears throat> and they went but it's not your name. And I put the birth certificate down there and said, but it is. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they oh, changed funny. it. So, so I didn't have a problem with banking because with pen names, you will get checks and things, you know, in, in your pen name and it becomes an issue with the bank. Um, but I wanted to be re- remembered for who I am. I mean, I wanted people to greet me. You know, that's hope. It's not a pen name. It's my real name. Um, and if you've got a pen name, that's going to be confusing in some circles. And to me, it's hard enough to get branding and to become known um, with one name. If you've got two, it kind of confuses the issue. But I can see why some people would want to have it. First of all, if you have a name that's crazy hard to remember or spell... <laughs> <laughs> then of course you you want something that's simpler to to remember and if you have a whole separate life that you do not want to cross over you know then you'd want a pen name if you're writing two genres and you don't want them to cross over i mean there's been several famous authors that have done that nora roberts you know rowling has done it where when they change genres they want to put another name on it they're not worried about not being known they've already got a brand they're building a second-level brand, I guess you could say it. Uh, but if you need to write two genres and you want them separate, that's, I could possibly see that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, let's, you mentioned Rowling. Um, when, and what's her other name that she writes under? Gilbreth. Mm-hmm. Um, Gilbreth. And, she, and it sounds like a man's name, yeah. <laughs> it does. When, when she came out with that, um, and that the first fiction book, I don't know how many she's done, but it, it it bombed. There was no traction, and that she had to get word out that it was her. Yes. So then, and then people gyrated. Um, and I actually bought the book. I actually didn't like the book at all. <laughs> uh, um, but I I I know someone who has five different pen names, and it sounds to me. If you go back to what you said, confusion. It can be confusing. And and I said to him, so you have five different websites? Who manages all this stuff um, on that? And to me, unless you have, going back to, you have a, a separate, truly a separate life. Um, like I have one of my clients is a shrink and he doesn't want, and I said, so are you telling me that some of your patients' lives show up in some of your writing? Is that what you're showing me? <laughs> That that he wanted it to be kept totally separate. So I get that. I get that. But to me, I think for most of us, it seems to me you go after and brand your real name, and then you have like on your book tab your series. Like you have your three different mystery series right. that people can click and check through and see what's going on. But they're always you. 
I know it's a challenge, John. I don't know what the, the best answer is here. But well, I know my gut I mean, feeling is not to do it. Uh, I know there are reasons to do it, but if you can avoid it, I say avoid it. That's just my two cents because you will have obstacles in dealing with it. I think I think that you said the right thing. <laughs> Avoid it if you can. Pen names will create obstacles from the yes. get go. I think. All right, all right. Well, thank you. I, I just I I wanted to ask you, knowing that you haven't chosen to do that, and I it's it's something again. I said as we started, I get asked a lot out here. Should I or shouldn't I? Well, I dodged it. I totally dodged it. When I felt I needed to do something other than Cynthia Clark, I went, well, let's look at the middle name and see if we can't still keep it me, you know, rather than a fictitious name. Yeah, And it, and, it worked well. It worked well. It, oh, yeah. No, it does work. I think it works really well. All right. So um, we were going to kiss on some of the things around the whole area of business. Of, of setting ourselves up and writing and contests and things like that, um, that you say that all writers, even novelists, so, uh, you know, writers is fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter, kiddo books, to diversify, to earn a living. So what do we have under the diversification umbrella? Would it keep us a whole new career, a separate career, a sideline, or are we talking about variations in the writing circle? Gosh, it's diversity is anything and everything. To tell you the truth, I I'll I'll start with me. I I freelance. I'm on three deadlines right now for some freelance articles. Mm-hmm. Um, one a class, and I'm on deadline for my novel. And then I have my newsletter and funds for writers that goes out, and I have an income stream coming in from that. And periodically, I'll enter a contest, but it's it's I'm always looking for something I can write. I'm not just sticking to the novels or just sticking to funds for writers because you're you're reaching out, you're touching more people. I can reach a lot of people with funds for writers and they see, "Oh, you're a novelist too. I like what you do with funds for writers. I'd like to try one of your novels." And mm-hmm. if you write an article, you know, you're going to reach a lot of times more people in an article than you will with your novel. Okay, people are going to be more inclined to read those. You know, there's a higher number of readers when it comes to short work. And if you write something nonfiction for a periodical, a magazine, a blog post, uh, that's you're reaching another group of people that can come back and read your novels. It's the diversity is not only to kind of hone your writing skills, but it's also to reach new people you would not reach if you were just doing a straight line, just writing novels. So, and and what that also brings in is the um, search engine gods, because if you've got articles out there and you're pushing them out and with the the right metadata and all that, it's obviously you're going to, rise to the surface when people are looking for something on something else and then your little your your spiel about oh she writes books too or she does mysteries too um it creates a double whammy for you kind of cool it does all right it really does and what in my earlier books uh in order to try and get my name out there 
I threw out to my funds for writers readers and I went, um, I will guest blog on anybody's blog, no matter the topic, I can bring it around on no matter what. Okay, and let's I, hold on to that thought. Hope if you'll hold on to that, let's come back and re kiss that after our break. Okay. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author Use, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at AuthorU.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is C. Hope Clark, and we're talking about a variety of things that really all lead to your author's success. Um, and that here, her website is C Hope Clark. And that's just without the E, just C O A R K dot com. And you can explore the different mysteries she's right. And you also need to know about fundsforwriters dot com, an essential uh, essential subscribe to blog that you need to go to. All right. So with that said, um, Hope, we were talking about diversifying, and it's not diversifying. Um, within your, 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 like you're writing a novel, do we have diversified topics within this novel? Now, we're talking about diversifying your skill set a little bit here. Is that correct? Uh, that's right. That's right. I, I write novels, and mm-hmm. that, that's my driving force, but I write nonfiction, how-to motivational things with funds for writers. And then for Writer's Digest, of course, I'm writing all angles of how to write, how to earn a living as a writer, and all that's nonfiction. And occasionally I'll do writer's university classes for them and present those. It's it's making you actually expand your writing chops a little bit. It, you know, you're, you're, you're learning 
how to write and expand uh, what you can write, and it works across the board. It'll come back and complement your novel because your your brain is exercised to the point where it can come up with anything and everything. Um, I will say when I first started releasing my books and I didn't have nearly as big a name, I would go to my funds for writers readers, which was not as big either, and say, I will write a guest blog post for anybody on any type of blog you've got, send it to me. I will bring it around to my books if you don't mind. And I did 40 every time I released a book. And it was it was great because you know that that's just search engine fodder right there. You know, you look up C. Hope Clark, and all of a sudden it's Bing, 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 Bing. All these blogs. No, I love that, and I think are are you are you posting on Medium? No, because that might you know they have it's a huge huge resource, and that might be one that you might you just automatically recopy old stuff and drop it on it. Well, I definitely have a lot of old stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> We're long in the tooth. All right. But but Medium is a great resource for people to go to. And, and actually, all of a sudden, you get a, a check. You know, it could be for $2.12. You know, they deposit your account. Or it could be for hundreds of dollars where people are reading them and you get credit for it. So... Well, I might have to give that a shot it, yeah. during in the middle of all these other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Add it, add it to your list. Medium dot com, everyone. It's m e d i a n dot com, but it's worthwhile. And I've done a couple of podcasts on it, um, and it, I know it's this kind of you know it, it's it's like it, it's walking around money, I guess you'd call it, or um, all that. So it's just it's something, and it just comes along. But it's it's really designed for old stuff. You know, the, it, it's the ultimate repurposed tool, Hope, that you can play with Love a little it. bit here. Thank you. Yeah, so you've got that. All right, so monetizing, I think, is important. And also, and I love Hope's line about it, it's, a, it's a way to expand, you know, your writing chops. I think that because when you're writing for all these different areas, you learn some different things and tools and reformatting. And as long as you can hook it back, to your website, you know, signature line, have your website and the author of the latest and whatever the title of your book is, um, that's not going to hurt you at all. So that's certainly worthwhile. All right. So, you know, I, um, writing contests are coming up. It always, you know, this is the time of the year. What do you think about them? Writing contests? I love them. Absolutely Mm -hmm. love them. Mm -hmm. I I, I think... uh, Every writer ought to consider a contest periodically. Doesn't mean you gotta, you know, once a week throw one out there. They can get expensive because you're looking at ten to twenty, thirty dollars an entry. Uh, but I believe that when you see one that that talks to you, that you ought to enter it. Uh, the majority of contests are out there are not scams. They are legitimate. And I, if you win one or place in one, even an honorable mention in one. You're opening doors. You don't know who's going to see that, and the and the sponsor of the contest is going to promote the winners and have it on their website, and you never know what agent, what somebody out there, magazine editor, is will see your writing and go, oh, I like that style, and 
you know, it just opens doors. So it, 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 this is a try it. You might like it, everyone. Yeah. So how do we? So when they're doing a Google search, um, where where would they go to start looking for uh, to separate? You know, which ones they should be looking at. Oh my goodness! Because there's no one place. <laughs> there really isn't. Um, I, you know, Funds for Writers keeps a pretty decent list. I call it. Um, every week a little bit mm-hmm. and I keep them all current so that it's things that are coming up, not things mm-hmm. that show up every year. I want to make sure you, you have a deadline to work for. Um, I think it's, was it one page and Reedsy has a little bit of a list. Uh, it's, it's not very large, but they're all legit. Winningwriters.com has a wonderful list. They lean a little bit literary. So you're not going to see a lot of mystery contest or you know mm-hmm. romance contest. So it, there is no one place that's going to be all inclusive. So you're you're going to have to hunt for it just like you would any other market. So if you're if you're that mystery or the or the romance writer, then maybe your the your search engine would be um, writing contests for romance writers or something like that. And I, I guess I would start there. Yes, and 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 watch watch what you're applying for. Not not that there aren't scams, mm-hmm. and uh, you want to look at who's won in the past, how long they've been out there, and you want to just click on that site and link after link after link to make sure they are legit. I always look for who is sponsoring this contest. You know, if you've got a contest out there and you don't know where the money's coming from, that's a red flag to me. Uh, I also mm-hmm. like to see who founded that site. What's this site about? And I want to see some human beings' names on this thing. I just don't like when, it, when it's vague and you don't know how this thing came together. I, I avoid them. Mm-hmm. And I've had uh, contest providers, they come to me now and go, would you post our contest and funds for writers? And I will go down my little personal checklist to see if it's legit. And I will literally go back and say, I have concerns about your entry fee. I have concerns about uh, the fact that we don't know who you are. or And I just go down this list to them, and I have actually had contests change their guidelines after we had a long conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so, it's, that, contests it's, are good. Uh, yeah, on the, it's on the founders. You know, we founded this. Well, who are we? And, and yes. that's when I, I exit. <laughs> I'll exit. There and, you go. Yes. Right. And, and fees for these range from what to what? Is there a kind of a average range to enter in um and it de- it depends on what you're entering so if you're dealing with flash poetry uh short stories you know 5 and 10 and 15 dollars depending on what the prize money is i don't like anything where the entry fee is 5 per- over 5% of the first prize money you know they they're getting a little greedy at that point and i will tell them so and it's on my website Mm-hmm. So when you get to novels, of course you're going to start seeing things starting at twenty five dollars and maybe going up to seventy five, just depending on the prize money. Because novels, of course, take time to read, and you've got to find judges and people interested in doing that. So what is, what is the prize money? What would be a range of prize money? Are we talking fifty bucks or a thousand bucks? All of it. Oh, all you, of the above. Okay, you can get five <laughs> figures in some of these. Yeah. Um, 
it's I I don't post anything in funds for writers if it doesn't pay two hundred dollars. Now there are a lot of them out there. It's not that they're not legit, but they don't have a lot of money to deal with. And I just think if you're going to go through the trouble, your writing ought to be worth at least two hundred dollars. And so I, I won't list anything less than that. It it upsets some people, but I go, hey, there's a ton of them out there. I just don't have room for the smaller stuff. Right, and I and I support that. Okay, so, um, you know, this also kind of lists coattails, and I know it wasn't on our list to talk about things, but what about book awards? What about book award contests? Oh, I have. I don't know that they're scammy because they do pay out. And, you know, of course, I'm not going to name names, but there are some out there. There'll be 24 categories you can enter and you send your $95 or whatever it is. And and then you turn around and some of them pay, some of them do not, which amazes me. Oh, we'll give you a, a seal to go on the cover of your book and we'll, you know, give you some marketing advice. and. You know, all that stuff might be well and good, but that's the reason I, I did funds for writers. We need to get paid. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to win a contest, I want a check. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and if you, especially if I'm going to pay 75 or $95 to enter, yes, if I win or place, I want a check. And I think most writers are like that. I, it worries me on these book awards that people get so desperate and eager to be noticed, that they will just submit to anything and everything and pay whatever entry fee is needed. They'll go to all the conferences. They promise you, hey, come to our banquet. You know, we're going we're gonna to recognize all the winners. And it, you get sucked in. You get sucked in. And I just want to enter a contest. You tell me if I win or not, and we're good. Um. Not all the super, superfluous stuff that I know you're you're nickel diamond me for. Right. Well, there's someone asked me when I started an association, are you going to have a book awards too? And I said, no. There's enough book award things out there um, on that. And book awards, if you're really running, uh, we had an association really running it. It is a lot of work. Oh my gosh, it is a yes. lot of work. So 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 that seventy five dollars fee gets evaporated from literally going from getting stuff to the judges. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that goes on. But there, um, most of the book awards that I know of, unless you're talking about the great big guys, um, are really more for the branding, the recognition, the promotion. And I know that some bookstores do pay attention um, on that. So I, I think you just got to find out who those are. That we can go. All right, we're going to take another quick break. This is Steve Clark, and we're talking about your writer and your author success. So we've just done book awards, we've just done writing awards and contests, and now we're going to come back and do some other things to get balanced. This 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Tonight I'll be personally speaking, um, opening a the, the new year with a writer's group here in my home base of Colorado. And I always, I always remind them that they have got to evolve from being just the CWO, the Chief Writing Officer. And they have got to balance this up and really add in the CMO because once they have writing in print, specifically for authors, You've got a product, and it's called a book, and you have got to market it. So becoming the chief marketing officer is really essential. And there are different skills than the creativity, right person, right brain did. So hope, how do we keep this in balance? How do we juice it up? Well, first of all, normally most people lean left or right brain. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's a given. You you're logically driven or you're creatively driven, and uh, there's a handful of us that are a fifty fifty. I don't know if you've ever taken these aptitude tests, but uh, I actually had to do that back in my days of working for the government, and I happened to land exactly fifty fifty, which mm-hmm. is a uh, which can be great and it can be a curse. So, but if you are writing, then you're leaning creative. And you're hoping that you're going to do great at this, doing what you love from now on. And the bottom line is you can do what you love, but if you want to sell it, you're no longer just a creative person. You you are now a salesman, and and you've got to think that way. And it it's painful, it's agonizing, it's frustrating, because there is no book saying one, two, three, how to do this. And even if you did find a book that said one, two, three, how to do it, it's not telling you all the ways because no two authors promote the same. And it depends on what you write, how you write, where you live, who you are, your personality, all that comes into play. And you've got to tap all those assets that you've got and, and market your book. 
people don't want to do that. You know, they just want to sink into their story and tell their stories. And I fully understand that because I write novels. But you, and on the, on the flip side, we see a lot of people out there that are just throwing stuff out there as fast as they can throw it. And to them, they're thinking business. How much can I make? How many can I sell? What kind of words can I throw on a page that somebody would buy? And so you've got some people, especially in the nonfiction how-to area, that do a ton mm-hmm. of that. And it, and then they'll just do that till that dries up. But it's, it's about making money, not necessarily being very creative. It takes a balance. If you want to become well-known, uh, it, it does take a balance. You have to have a good personality to sell your brand and a good product to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, I when I do book events, book fairs, it it is so uh, blatantly which way most of these authors want to go, which is I'd rather be writing. Okay, I want to be writing now. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. I have to do this. Um, and they don't realize that, I mean, you could have a really great-looking table. You know, you could have beat false fancy stuff. I mean, you could be decked out to the nines and all that. But until you learn how the, what what I have found is barking is what brings it in, and engaging them from the get go because people just with by table you've been I'm sure you've been to a zillion book fairs over yes. your your writing career, and this is not the time that you're passive. You really have to get people's attention, um, and it, it's it's calling them to you table so you can start that conversation. And the engagement, getting them to read the back cover, and and that will, if it's done correctly, that will be you know kind of the little icing to to help sell the book. But if you just sit there and wait for them to discover you, they're just going to walk right by. At least that's my experience in forty years of book selling. Oh sure, sure. Somebody that's just going to sit. Uh and not strike up a conversation is not going to sell. I don't sit. I don't sit at mine. I mean, I, if if I'm behind the table, it's because I'm signing books. Otherwise, I'm going to be around the table. And if somebody is looking at the book, I'm going to ask them, do you like mysteries? Is there anything I can answer for you? And where are you from, or what do you, who do you like to read? And suddenly you make it about them, mm-hmm. and you, you know, and that's engaging. People love talking about themselves, and they love answering questions about themselves. And suddenly you've got a conversation, and then they go, they decide, hey, I kind of like this person. I might buy this book. It it works. It's old fashioned, mm-hmm. but it is. It I know is what it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a form of barking, you know, the old fashioned barker, you see them at the fairs to draw people in and suck them in and bring them to the table and then they do their pitch. But you gotta have, you you gotta have the, it's, well, I, you know, I've used the fishing analogy. You know, I lived in Montana for years. We went fishing all the time and you, you know, fly fishing and you threw your line out. Um, or whatever the line is, you know, would be your words, and you hope that it puts it enough that you can start reeling them in, bring them in closer, closer, closer. Um, and but I think I think it's also yeah. It's also important though 
that you're looking at that person is not just selling a book. You're looking for a long-term relationship. I have series. I don't want to just buy my first book. I want them to buy 16 books. And so we will have a conversation and realize, I want them to realize I'm worth the long-term investment. Mm-hmm. And well, so that's a you know, really important word. It's an investment. You're the you're looking for investors in your books, and yes. not in, in buying it. So, and that's what the what you're also doing. If I haven't used this phrase in a long time, you're building super fans. You want to build yes. super fans who are just salivating until your next book comes out. Yes, you want you want fans that will buy whatever you write. Yep, that that is what we want. <laughs> that is what we want. <laughs> okay, I mean, think about it. You got fans out there like Stephen King. He has anything new? There's a zillion people that are going to buy whatever it is. Oh, it doesn't matter, really. It's just his name is big. I don't have that cover. I'm buying it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just going. All right. So, what what kind of habits do um, should our writer authors begin to gather? You know, if if um, I I always rebel when someone says you've got to get up at the four in the morning and you write for three hours before the kids go to school. Um, of course, my kids are long, long gone. But that um, I don't work. I number one, I'm not that kind of a writer. I'm a binge writer for my own writing. Writing, I'm always writing, um, but it's not always on the book on a book book. And that um, I, I mean, what habits? I mean, you probably have your own routines. Um, but what would you like to throw on the table here? Uh, I have fought over my twenty years of writing. Um, full-time, that nothing stops me from writing. Okay, I, I dare myself to write anywhere, any place, any condition. And if it might be that there's more noise in the room and I might write something short versus sinking into my novel, but I refuse to be hindered by this noise, that room, this temperature, I I I don't I I just refuse that because I think it's a job and you need to show up wherever you are and do it. But I will say I give myself thousand words a day when I'm on deadline for a novel, and mm-hmm. now I can crank them out like nobody's business because that is a it's a habit. It's a habit. So I can sit down and think you know sink into that novel, and before I know it, I've got thousand words on the page. And some days I'll go for two or three and. It just, it has to be developed into a habit, and I do have my study. I have my writing things around me. I've got fan things around me, and I will come in here, and I have a little candle I I light up and uh, Mm. bring my glass of tea and sit down and start writing. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what it is about the candle, but the candle helps. <laughs> oh no, you know it's what you know. I always have a hot mug of tea, also, um, or I have peached iced tea. One of the two. You know, it depends upon the time of day and maybe the season. But that is always around me. Um, I have, um, you know, I have I have a, a pencil close, 
<laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, a black wing pencil, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Um, mm-hmm. I always have a black wing pencil close by because I just love the flow of the lead in the pencil. If I need to scribble a note or a side, I've always got sticky notes around me. Just if, if something comes in and drops in, I just write a word or two that I can come back and revisit and see if it regels again um, in doing that. And then I'm someone that um, I, I do get distracted if I'm in. I, I love what you said here, that you refuse to be hindered. I wrote, I wrote that down for me to noodle because I have a squirrel problem that if I see something action going on, it gets my attention. It's like, whoa, I am pulled into another rabbit hole. So yes. that's, I'm, you know, writing in a coffee shop would be a disaster for me unless I was in there for character development. And I, want, I just wanted to observe people and see <laughs> doing that. <laughs> but otherwise, you know, I need uh, my own space. So I want to have water and sunshine. I need, I, those are things that I need, my props. And, and sometimes those, those things do prompt us, and that's, that's great. I, I have a window that overlooks a lake. You know, not many people have that, but uh, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll look at that lake a hundred times a day. Sometimes I see it, and sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. It's just his habit now, but I don't have to have it, though. I I have flown to conferences and gotten more done in the white noise on an airplane than just about anywhere else. So for some reason, mm-hmm. that's a catalyst for me. If I'm in a waiting line, I've waited to pick up grandchildren from school and had a notebook and said, okay, I'm going to outline this this piece I've got to do. You you make yourself produce. No, you don't let anything hinder you. Even if I've got a house full of people, I can run back and shut the door and I'll, I'll tell them, hey, I need an hour. Just don't bother me. And and you've got to be willing to do that too. Mm-hmm. I, I will say mm-hmm. that. Um, my family yeah. knows I write. And, you know, and if I'm writing... Don't mess with me. <laughs> I think that's and really important. Yeah. I, I have crime scene t- uh, tape that I put up, you know, author at work, do not disturb. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do that. All right. We're going to take our final break. With this is C. Hope Clark. You can find her website is chopeclark.com. And also the fundsforwriters.com. You need to find out. When we come back, uh, let's kiss on some of the grants and funds out here. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy. 
builds your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is C. Hope Clark, and we are talking about so much things about your writing success that will lead to your author success um, and all that. And one of the things that brought Hope into my radar was her website, um, dealing with the grants and funds out there. So, Hope, I would love to, before we leave, we can't. It would be a disservice not to let our listeners know about what you've created here. Well, Funds for Writers started because I couldn't find anything online that talked about how to earn a living as a writer. Well, it happened to be that my day job was involved with grants, and so I was had particular interest of that, and I knew they were out there, but nobody was broadcasting it. So I started a newsletter, Funds for Writers, and the categories in it are contest and grants, freelance markets, and publishers and agents, and they're all active calls for submissions. The grants are extremely popular. Uh, it's it's great in that there's a lot of interest. I do have to do a little bit of an education to some people because they think there's a pot of money out there and you just write a letter saying, I'm writing a book, can I have a check? And it doesn't quite work <laughs> <Yeah>. that way. <laughs> hey, I, hey, where do I apply for that? Where, where can I just put my name in? And and by mailing address and just send me the check. <laughs> that, yeah, a lot of people think that's what grants are. That mm-hmm. uh, I hate to say it's like it's not like welfare or a federal check where you write in, you list your conditions, and they say yes, you qualify for this amount of money. It's it's not like that. You literally have to sell yourself for a grant, and that application can be fill in the blank, or it can be essay, or it can be samples of your writing. And the results could be that you win a few dollars, uh, or it could be that you're giving, 
you're allowed into a free fellowship or residency or scholarship. It, there's there's a lot. Every grant is different. Every grant's different. It's not just you say I need money to write a book and you get a check. You 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 gotta you gotta sing it. You gotta say what you're doing, not only short term but long term. You've got to buy these investors and and convince these grant reviewers that you are worth investing in. And that's the big, you know, as as what we did with the aspiring authors. Um, that you were one of our great judges in that and just identifying these people who really did have, we could see some talent. We we saw some really nice talent, I think, starting to emerge. But um, to to really get in and move there, and again, that's, that's another contest. There was no fee to enter, but it was a lot of work on our side <laughs> to, to, to decide who we were giving money to. There is a lot of work in getting grants, and those judges on the other end are, uh, I mean, you've got to convince them. I, t- I tell people when I teach grants, I tell them you need to te- make that judge wish they were you. You need to convince them that you're doing good things, you got your act together, and they're like, wow, I wish I was doing that. Yeah, here's a check. <laughs> You know, that, that's what you've got to do. I've sat on grant panels before, and it's amazing how you'll get some grant applications that are just dry as sand, and then you'll get others that are infused with enthusiasm and personality, and you want to go out of your way to make that grant work. So you're writing down in your application, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, when when people, in or, I see organizations all the time um, looking for people who can write grants or because they're they they want to ask for money and and all that. And I remember a discussion with one of these people who was with a corporation, and he asked me, How, what percentage of people do you think, um, uh, you know, how, how many grants do you think I requested and I said I have no idea probably thousands and he says you're right and he said what percentage do you think I got from just the 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 writing and I said I don't know maybe 25% and he said zero zero it was all about the follow up I did with people and the communication um, and who I knew to start it it wasn't the cold turkey stuff which I thought was kind of interesting it is, and when I when I tell people about grants and they're newbies at it, I tell them to start with their state arts commission because they're going to have the mm-hmm. finger on the pulse of all the grants in the state, and then you can kind of take it from there. But that's adding the personal connect. You go in there and talk to those people. Well, guess what? They work right next door to somebody who's judging these grants. So if you're going in and out and showing you're serious, you want to see previous winners. You want somebody to review your application to see if it's right. They're there to do that. And it's the best way to learn how to write a grant is to deal with your arts commission. And I've been on a panel. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll use an example. I've been on a panel where the moderator for all the judges says, oh, this is one we know. He comes in about once every couple of weeks and we go over his stuff with him. Okay, he tells a panel that. So we're seeing somebody who's committed, who's serious, because they're willing to 
drive in or call in or Zoom in and talk to a professional to make sure they're doing it right. I think that's fabulous advice, a truly fabulous advice to get down there. So, you know, I wrote it down in my notes, everybody, that you want to get find is that who, who does your is involved or whatever they're going to call it. Because I, I suspect, uh, hope there's a lot of names for the State Arts Commission, a uh, variation, but to find out what that's called and who who's that at and, and yes. get to know them in person. As a minimum, sign up for their newsletter. Most of them have a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And you can see what's going on, or what's and, and what's going on, and what's coming along. Yes, and they they will show things more than just what's going on in the state. I I get a lot of resources out of those newsletters. I uh, not everyone has one, but I I must get twenty or twenty five of them, and they're gold mines. They're just gold mines of information. All right, so that is excellent advice, and and you know what I'm. Well, I know that we have the Congress. Y- y'all may not know this for, for book awards, but also grants coming out. See, um, in Colorado, I know we have a very active uh, commission for the, the, the Center for the Arts, and they're do, they do a big book award that is well-honored, um, and people pay attention. All the bookstores pay attention to who it is. And mm-hmm. so that's... Uh, that's ideal. So you want to know about those, and they also have their um, they give out some grants. So you just have to find out, you know, who who are they, and take advantage of it. So that's what I would be um, looking for. So search words, do your own where state you're in, everybody, go out and find out who the the State Arts Commission or whatever name they go by. Um, and that will make a difference. So I'm all I am all for this. Doing it. Any other <laughs> tips can you give us here on you know um, you know, you talked about look putting personality in because I've seen a lot of grants that are just really almost academic admissions. I thought, God, this is horrible. I can't write this way. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, they they do come across as academic. And if you're selling a creative project, your application needs to sound like it. Yeah, don't. And that's 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 also the problem with hiring a grant writer. Grant writers are usually designed for nonprofits. They're they're made to be fairly academic. So you do not mm-hmm. want to hire one to do your application for a creative type grant. You want to write it. Your voice needs to come through. The same voice you use in writing needs to come through in your application. Mm-hmm. And people are afraid of it. People are afraid of bureaucracy, the government, you know, having to deal with that because it can be intimidating. I I did 25 years in the federal financial world, and and it, I saw it every day. People were scared to talk to, to people who controlled the purse strings. And... Those people come to work like everyone else. You just go in and say, here's my need. Can you help me? Here's what I'm doing. And, you know, your your tax dollars are paying them to be there for you. you but you ask questions. Just ask questions and be willing to deal with these people. Be willing to ask the stupid questions because I guarantee you there's been a lot stupider questions than you're asking. Just Just be willing to go the extra mile because that little extra mile could get you the grant. 
Well, it does. You know, I was looking at the the names. Like I'm I'm in Colorado. You're in South Carolina. I don't know what they call it there. We're, it's called the Colorado Humanities here. Um, no, that's so, something different. That's something yeah. different. Well, no. They well, they've also got though. Um, this is where the Center for the Book comes from. It they're affiliated with the Library of Congress for the Center of the Book, um, right? And they have a boatload of programs that they do. So that would be worthwhile. To also know it is, and you've got arts commissions and humanities commissions, and most states mm-hmm. have both sides. Some places they cross over, and sometimes in some places they don't. Uh, but check out both of them. They both have grants. Well, and also cities have them. It's just not the state. The cities have them. Yeah, those are arts councils, and arts councils are usually in cities. They can be in a county. They can just be in a region. Yeah, you know, they could be like Appalachian, something or other, where it covers several counties. I, there are several of these that they'll say, we only serve, and they'll list six counties. So those arts councils are local. The good thing about those is that you can actually be a part of them. You sign up to be a member of them, and you learn the ins and outs. And even if they don't have a writing grant at the time, you can make that recommendation. So the the smaller arts councils are um, definitely you need to get in touch with if you've got them near you and uh, touch base with them because, again, the human contact is going to increase your opportunity. And even if they don't have something, you can make recommendations. All right. And we're going to have to close on that. So, Hope Clark, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm glad to do it. It's always fun to talk this stuff. (laughs) Okay. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week for another new podcast. All right. You know, I, I mean, I'm looking actually online here, Hope, and seeing all of this. There are so many different variables. Thank you for being amazing. a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Yeah. With your yeah. host, Dr. Judith Bryle.